are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hark the sound at your favorite Tar Heel voice. Welcome to Locked on Tar Heels. As always, it's a great day to be a Tar Heel. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Thank you so much for joining me today. Do yourself a favor. Make sure you download, subscribe to the podcast from anywhere. You can also join the fun via Twitter by following at Locked on Heels or me personally at Candace D. Cooper. So here's what I have on tap for you today. Roy Williams is searching for his 901st win versus Duke Saturday, but what will his team need to take care of business, right? And then we have... UNC superstar Danny Green joining the show to reminisce on the Duke-UNC rivalry and the shooting struggles from this current team. And what could he possibly offer, you know, a piece of advice to help them get rid of these shooting woes. Finally, the women are playing Wake Forest today at noon for the third time this season, so we can expect a great game because we know it's win or go home at this point. The ACC tournament kicks off, so let's get right into it. The men are getting ready for the Duke Classic Duke-UNC rivalry. This time they'll be at home. They are ready to get rid of the turnover woes, the perimeter shooting troubles, all the Achilles heels that have been hindering this team all season, the consistently inconsistent energy. I mean, I would hate for that to be your identity, but here we are, right? Armando Bacot spoke in his post game about the team being lackluster, didn't come out with energy, thought that they were going to win, but they were just too flat. Really confused by that, considering the fact that Carolina has not gone on any good runs in terms of winning streaks all season. So I understand the confidence of feeling like you're the best team on the court every time you go out. However, if you're not actually getting it done and getting the W on the column, it's a little it's a little troubling, right? You got to come out every night like you're the underdog at this point. I hope Carolina figures out that energy when they come out <laughs> on Saturday. More importantly, when they get ready for the AC tournament, because it's not when when sometimes we have an off night it's winter go home NCAA tournament you're still in the fringe unfortunately right it's an unfortunate situation that and also desperate Duke team is going to play their hearts out because they came off of a close close Georgia Tech loss and they are struggling to find their way as well and they know a lot of implications are going to be on this game come Saturday right a lot of big energy and politics will tell you that both teams are going to get in magically because we all know money is king NCAA tournament it listen if Notre Dame can get into the college football playoff top four Duke and Carolina have a chance of getting into NCAA men's basketball tournament. That's just what it is. Of course, the fandom, the money, the tickets, everyone wants to watch certain teams, good or bad, right? You want to see certain players, want to see certain coaches, all of that good stuff. Certain energy is just, that's just what we live in. And unfortunately, I think they're both going to squeak by. Do I think they deserve to squeak by? Yeah, that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. It might just be a Big 12, Big 10 energy for the year, right? It could be an entirely different conference just having a great season. We all know the Atlantic Coast Conference has not been what we're used to seeing in terms of dominant performance. Florida State is probably going to win the regular season yet again, which is, you know, good on them, good, good on Coach Hamilton, but something I certainly wasn't expecting. But let's talk about coaches, right? Roy's postgame comments after the Syracuse loss were just something that we, I feel like we've all said, but needs to be reemphasized again. And the biggest thing, of course, is the turnover. Somebody, somebody asked at this point in the season, what else can kind of be said about the turnovers? It seems like it's just been a reoccurring deal. Well, yeah. 
thank you, Captain Obvious, right? Roy Williams said, you're exactly right. You look down there and they have 28 points off turnovers. We have nine points off of their turnovers. We turned it over 20 times. They turned it over 12. We turned it over and it turned into baskets for them on the other end. You know, Coach Smith used to say every turnover is carelessness or selfishness in our split Ours is split about 50-50. Carelessness is just what you would expect. Selfishness is when you're trying to make something that's not there and you're trying to make a great play. Skirt, let's stop there. <laughs> I believe, I would honestly say it's not even 50-50. I would say 70-30. Because if I look at our guard play, I'm really trying to understand when you have the ball, you're dribbling. I don't always feel like there's a plan. I feel like it's team too much, right? I feel like we're trying to do extra, right? We're not trying to do the basis and fundamentals, trying to be flashy when it's not necessary, trying to throw up shots that are not our shots, and we're trying to force it. And it's just like, okay, you know, at the end of the day, I know we're trying to move away from old school basketball, but it's okay sometimes to just get the ball in the hoop. ABC one, two, three. That, that's strong analysis for you, right? You don't have to overdo it. And I think sometimes that's what we've seen from our kids this season. Coach Roy continues saying it's frustrating. There's no question. We talk about turnovers. We practice. We emphasize it in practice. We give discipline points if you do turn it over in practice. All those kinds of things. But the bottom line is I haven't gotten them to understand how important the possession of the ball is. I've got to do a better job of getting them to understand borderline plays can't be made. Up on the board, the three things that I put down, make the easy play was one of one of those, but I haven't been able to get them to do it. They can read it up on the board, but I haven't been able to get them to understand it just makes the easy play. So, man, anytime, and I've heard from past players say that coach puts it on himself, it's going to be a long day for you at practice the next go-round. So I'm hoping that they get it. I'm hoping that they dial in. I'm hoping that it registers. I hope for this Duke game they have under 10 turnovers because they're going to need it, right? They're going to absolutely need the opportunity to stay in the game because they are protecting the ball. They're making the easy play. We do not have to overdo it. We have to make shots. Don't get me wrong. You know, we've had some great wide-open looks that have not fallen through. We go back to Kerwin Walton's game on Tuesday. Monday, and he wasn't able to hit some shots that were really just it was between you and the basket, bro, <laughs> right? So I think there's an opportunity for us to certainly get better on that end. And something that, you know, at the end of the day, you can teach it. You can scream until you're blue in the face. You can get every call in the world from all your friends and homies back from, you know, from wherever you live and say, hey, listen, y'all got everything it takes to be great, but you guys cannot be sloppy. And so it'll click one way or the other. Because again, we're hitting up tournament time. We're hitting up the greatest rivalry in arguably college sports in the history of sports in general. Nobody wants to get played in their face because they can't keep take care of the ball. Nobody wants that to be the storyline heading into Sunday and Monday, right? You certainly don't want to be on ESPN highlight reels because you weren't able to secure your opportunity. So there's that. There were other questions that I think one that I really wanted to hit on talking from Roy and they were talking about, you know, moral victories. And I have harped all season. I even go back to my football conversations when we talked, you know, I talked about Mac Brown and the guys losing to Forest A in Virginia, how there's no moral victories. Like, yes, we are a much better team than we've seen in the past, but not even close to where we could be. And I think dropping games like the Virginia-Florida State game 
was very evident. I fast forward to basketball and I think about moral victories. And again, I have to agree with Coach Williams who said, you're right. I never want to care much about moral victories. I've always said that every team I've ever coached is going to come back. I believe that's the kind of kids we have. We were down 300 points in the final four one time and came back and shot a three in the second half that would have cut it to four, but it didn't go in and we lost in the semifinals of the final four in 08 that way. The other team has to help you. We missed some opportunities to step in the free throw line and missing some or missing some easy shots or getting a layup block after we get a steal. So my thinking and my belief is that at the end of the day, of course, a team has to help you. I think if you look at games this season, certain teams certainly help us get back in games. Notre Dame helped us get back in game to win a close one, right? I think that uh, we have opportunity for NC State, who just took a night off when we played them the second time out, right? I think Syracuse, the first time we were out, Miami even got back in the game and ultimately we were able to pull it away. So last season, we were just talking about all the close ones that didn't go our way because the other teams were just sharper. This season, with everything that's going on, it's anybody's game on any given night. But I think if Carolina wants to win on Saturday, they are going to have to be sharp from every aspect because it really is a make-or-break game for so many different reasons. You want to talk about the strength of your program, how are they going to fare You know, in the next coming years. Of course, we have great recruiting, but at the end of the day, yes, you can recruit on the name of Carolina, but it's, if it's not the same Carolina of old, a lot of people are not going to be looking that way because they're trying to win now, right? A lot of kids want to be one-and-donners. They want two years at best, and if you're not going to give them the opportunity to succeed and be successful and automatically be in an NCAA tournament, if you're going to be on the fringe, who wants to waste time doing that, right? So I think those are conversations that Carolina ultimately is going to have to have by the end of the season. But hopefully they get in the tournament, they make a good run. We talk about some positive, right? But this is where we are as a team. Now, I have to bring in our important interviews. My first, I would say major interview, my first NBA player here at Locked on Tar Heels. I'm super excited about it because he is a friend to the show. He and I were in school together. He was a senior, I was a freshman. And he just happened to help me this week, give me... 20, no, 15 minutes of his time, and I really appreciate the opportunity to have that conversation. Let's talk to Danny Green and about the shooting woes of Carolina, how he could help. Talk about, give some lens advice to guys like Kerr and guys like RJ, guys like Caleb Love. How can he help those guys and pour some wisdom into that? So let's have that conversation here on Locked on Tar Heels. But first, I've, have you been looking for great treats to stay fit that keep you nice and toned? Well, let me tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. With 18 amazing flavors that are 100% covered in chocolate, Built Bar is even more delicious. If you're a health conscious person like me, you'll enjoy Built Bar because it's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Get more sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. So up now, I have three-time NBA champion, an NCAA champion, third-team All-ACC, ACC All-Defensive Team, and McDonald's All-American. Danny Green here on the show to talk to me about the current team that he sees, catches up from time to time with, right? He ch- checks in every now and again with his extremely busy schedule, holding it down in Philly with the 76ers, who are having a great run, by the way. And I really appreciate him sharing his insights about his 
shooting game, his best shooting coach that he had at UNC. More importantly, advice he would lend to some of our guys who certainly need it right now. And this is the time and era that we're in with the feedback, social media, what have you, and how he would respond maybe as a college student. And then looking ahead to the rivalry, some of his best memories. And then ultimately, what does he feel about the experience that some of these current students are getting when it comes to the rivalry? Is it the same? Is it not? So we're going to tap into all of that. I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen. I look forward to your feedback on it. I think it's going to be great. So here we have up now, Danny Green. Coming to the stage, we have Danny Green here to talk to me. Danny, I appreciate your time and just really, it's going to be a real conversation when it comes to this Carolina team. So I hope you're ready. I'm ready. I'm okay. ready. Appreciate Perfect. you having me. <laughs> Absolutely. So have you checked in on the team this year and how quickly can you start a shooting camp if you have? Because it's time. Ooh. Oh, man. <laughs> I can start it right away. We got the break coming back for in two days. Yeah. Uh, I got about a week for the shooting camp, but I did. I've been I've been checking in here and there. I always uh, have them as a favorite. Um, even when I'm playing, they they give me updates of yeah. what the scores are, who they win, lose. We had a, a big win another night. Come back, we're losing most of the game. Took a tough L. I think before that, I'm trying to remember who it was. But it's a big one over Louisville. I remember that one. Um, so I've been checking in. I've been checking in here and there. Right. Obviously, the Duke game. Everybody watches games. Everybody knows the Duke <laughs> game. They give me updates. Um, there's always bets on around the league of, of certain teams. Uh, certain guys that come from certain teams. Right. Uh, so it's another reason why we keep updated. Uh, but yeah, I've been checking in. And uh, they, obviously it's an up and down year, uh, but at least that's better than a, a down year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they said so they had a, a great win the other night, which was it was good to see. Absolutely. What's the best piece of advice you received from Coach Roy or in general about shooting struggles? Because the team, again, has been experiencing that. Yes, they, they have. Um, and and I, I feel for the team because as I love Coach Williams. Uh, I love um, Coach Robinson, all the coaches have there, uh, but I was lucky enough and fortunate enough to have Coach Holiday, who was not around any, anymore. He was more of our shooting guy, our shooting coach, and he just told me, just let it fly. Shoot it, she got, <laughs> you know, and that was just the biggest thing is, you know, keeping the confidence uh, more so than anything. Um, you're going to be down. There's going to be uh, some rough shooting patches. You just got to, and, and the biggest thing Coach Williams taught us about was life. Yeah. Um, that's what I learned the most from him, uh, of, you know, just sticking with it, doing things the right way, and things will work out. Uh, for the best and in your favor most of the times if you keep at it and you keep grinding it out um so yeah as I said my shooting coach coach holiday was great with keeping us confident and keeping us you know not even thinking about hesitating when it came to shooting the basketball so um, these young guys said they can use some encouragement they can use some confidence and said that, that just comes with said practice and being in the gym the more they push each other the more they practice the more they get confident shooting so i believe they'll be fine they'll bounce back they're still young and got a lot of time but um, you know, they're going to take their lumps, but they're going to, they're going to grow from it. No doubt. And we had a freshman go like over seven from three. And I'm like, at what point do you tell yourself like, you know what, maybe it's not my shooting night and I need to kill, like, kick it out to somebody else. Sometimes it happens that way. I mean, I've gone over seven before too. Um, that doesn't mean you stop shooting. You do try right. to find other ways to get involved. You do rebound, you do play defense. Um, you may try to get to the free throw line, get try some type of rhythm, either try to get foul, draw a foul. Uh, but if you're open and you're a shooter, you got to take the next one. You got to take it confidently and, and not even thinking about the seven previous shots because mm-hmm. um, there's been games where I said I was either one for eight, oh for nine, and that that nobody remembers that though. They remember if it's, you hit the game under, if it's one for ten, they'll remember that. Absolutely. I've seen guys plenty of times go through that type of slump where throughout a game and throughout a season or throughout a spurt where there's you know missing a bunch, but it doesn't matter as long as you win the game and it, the next shot could change the game and make helping your team win. So um, you got to keep. So it takes some some years and some patience and maturity. Uh, to actually keep that in mind and keep that focus and that confidence, not worry about the last whatever shots. 
and make that next one the one you're more focused on and confident in. Um, but yeah, I had to learn it uh, to come as a pro, you know, to yeah. uh, I've gone one for eight, you know, two for nine and that 10th one or 0 for seven and that eighth one be one in the fourth quarter that we can, which can you know open up the game for us. And that, that's changed, changed the game around for me and for our team. So um, said so for them, it's just stick with it, stay positive, do it confidently. Obviously play defense, but find other ways to get involved. But if you're a shooter, keep yeah. shooting and shoot it confidently. Absolutely. Now, social media wasn't as big as it is now when we were in school, but like how would the college version of you handle the backlash that some of these kids get today? It would be tough, man. So as a youngster, um, you know, you care a lot more about what people say. You're not used to growing up in that environment. Um, I think the kids now, the younger guys, let's say younger men, um, they're used to having the critics, the criticisms, the social media. So they understand since high school, you know, how to handle it. Um, you know, we read one bad, bad article back then in high school from the paper. You know, you're thinking about it the whole time. Oh, I got to prove this guy wrong for the next month or two until the next newspaper comes out about, you know, standings or rankings or whatever it may be. Um, so in high school, so in college, I don't know how to handle it. Um, it would probably take a little toll on me. It probably been tougher. Um, but I always use everything as motivation, all the negative criticism, all the people that doubted me. Um, those are the things I kept on my wall, kept in my mind, in the back of my mind, in the front of my mind. Uh, to make sure that I proved those people wrong and kept working on my game at night, uh, whether it's, you know, saying six o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning, early before classes or whatever, or, you know, 12 midnight, 11, 11, 12 midnight, 11 p.m., um, you know, with the janitors there and they're watching me or help me help rebound. I had, I had a guy there, I don't know if he's still there. Yeah. He'd be there every night and I'd see him all the time. So I would use that as motivation when I would go in at night and, and, you know, try to work on my game and build my confidence back up. Absolutely, no doubt. Now, the Duke game is a Saturday, right? It's kind of a clutch game considering the Syracuse loss. What's your favorite Duke-UNC memory that most wouldn't know? I have so many. I've been, I've been fortunate and lucky that, uh, that I've been blessed to go 4-0 in Cameron. Um, I've had a great team, great teammates. Obviously, uh, spoiling senior nights are always special as a freshman. You know, we had right. Tyler. Um, you know, his coming out party. Well, he was obviously great all year, his whole career, but um, really made a statement with all, all our freshmen, me, Tyler, Bobby, um, Mike Cope, Marcus Ginyard. Uh, I was going in there and playing as JJ, the landlord. Uh, so many other greats they had on that team at, at Duke and winning that game in Cameron. Uh, but so many other games that we won in Cameron. Obviously, uh, the junior, my junior year, uh, I had a couple dunks, one being so the, the Greg Paulus dunk um, and had a, a great game at Cameron. Uh, was one for the books um, but yeah there's so many memories I can't just choose one right. uh, but I'll, I'll probably say the best the best year of my best stat line against them was probably my junior year that night um, uh, the, the dunk the dunk night um, was probably one of my well, but every time we played there um, I was able to go out of that arena that building with my you know my chin held high and you know pulling on my jersey and letting them know <laughs> you know the real team in Carolina who we are so right. um, said it's hard to just choose one Absolutely. Are the players being done a disservice, you think, on the rivalry experience with minimal fans? We just welcomed them oh, back. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I feel for all, even the rookies in our league now, they have no idea what it's like to play in front of fans. Yeah. It's a big difference. That's why we play the game. You know, we play the game for the fans. Is what we dream of kid, as kids, you know, playing in front of thousands of people. Obviously, we love to play. We love to play pickup. But yeah. it's not the same. You dream about these moments because you want to be on the big stage. And the big stage is not big without the fans. Um, so these college kids are not getting the full experience, especially in Cameron, way it's in there. Um, yeah. And obviously our, our building is amazing too. But every team that we played in a row was amazing. We went to Maryland, Clemson. Um, those experiences were unbelievable because of the fans. Yeah. Um, so I do feel for them and that we're not doing them 
any type of justice or service is tough for my feel for them. And even our rookies this year, so they haven't any chance to ever experience fans, um, which hopefully says the second half of the season, we'll get a chance to, to get some. Sure. So we know that excellence is a standard at UNC. I consider that. I say that every week. I'm like, listen, I've seen so much greatness now that it doesn't flinch. I don't flinch when I see mm -hmm. the team perform well, right? So what's one piece of advice that you would lend to a streaky team? Um, I said that the biggest thing is to try to be consistent. Um, you know, and the only way to do that is to lean on each other, um, believe in each other, don't lose sight of the bigger picture, you know, keep the, the faith, the hope alive and do whatever is possible to bond um, on and off the court. That's what's going to help you, you know, on the court. Um, so um, for a streaky team, like I said, it, it's going to be some lumps. You're going to take your versus you young, uh, but be patient with it and stick at it individually and as a group. You know, keep working on yourself individually and then as a group, you know, stick together, stay together. Because um, as soon as, you know, things go wrong, the teams that argue, and those are the teams that break and fold. Um, yeah. You know, if you want to be one of those teams that actually comes out on top and, and be one of the last teams standing, you know, it's a, it's a marathon. You know, it's not a race. So um, it's a long season. It's a long couple of years. If you're there all four years, it's not a great four years. Yeah. Most of those guys will be there for three or four years. So, um, so just trust, trust in the, in the system, trust in, in your work ethic as a group and, and as an individual. Absolutely. And I think that also just the Carolina family and being able to come back, guys like you being able to just talk to them, be in their faces and stuff will definitely help when outside opens back up. But I don't want to keep you any longer. I really appreciate your time, but I know that Anytime. you have a great, great show inside the green room. Can you talk a little bit about that and kind of how you transition beyond just being an athlete and kind of that door and platform that you're using? Yeah, definitely. I have to give all credit to Harrison. He's the one that helped start it. He had the idea. Mm -hmm. um, I just came aboard, I and mean, I said him and Amja are the, uh, the brains behind operation. I do help with some things, um, but it was a great start for me to start seeing and planning for life after basketball. I always want to do something. That I always said I never want to be a coach because I don't know how they do it. It's stressful. <laughs> they either losing the hair or it's going gray. Yeah, this is a job that's not very stable. So I always want to stick around the game or sports, uh, but do something different. And I think the media side of it, of interviewing and, and talking in the game, talking sports and breaking down and analyzing it is a little bit easier for me and the, the route that I want to go. So uh, being behind the scenes, learning how, how it goes uh, with the podcast has been great. So I've been doing it for two and a half years now, almost three years. Um, I said, it's been amazing. It's been a lot of fun learning about a lot of my teammates and, and people around me and the cities that I've been in, the culture. Uh, so yeah, Inside the Groom is, is what it's called. It's where it's at. It's like all the brains and all the operations and all the ideas and all the credit goes to Harrison and, and Amjad. I'm just a guy that shows up. <laughs> Listen, sometimes that is not a bad gig. Well, again, well, I, appreciate you, <laughs> I appreciate your time and I wish you best of luck for the rest of the season and I'm going to let you get to it. So we're all good. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. All right. You have a good one. Again, appreciate Danny for coming on the show and super excited about the opportunity to, you know, have this conversation. I hope to get more of these as we go through the season, especially in the post season. We're going to have some guys come in, give their insights. I think it should be fun. But of course, make sure you guys tap in for more. Come back every day. Might not necessarily be an NBA superstar on here, but it'll be great content for you, right? So we'll keep that ball rolling. And if you are betting on Duke or UNC this Saturday, make sure you tap in to betonline.ag, the free account that you can sign up for. It will hold you down. I promise you, if you are trying to feel good about yourself, trying to get an extra couple of dollars, right? We all know some change let money make you, right? Have some people go out there, play a couple of games, over-unders, right? Prop bets, all of that. 
BetOnline.ag has you covered. So if you sign up for a free account, you can use promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, how much do you really know about these potential NBA stars of tomorrow? If you want more, you need to subscribe to Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. Prospects, scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft wherever you get podcasts. Now, the A-seeded UNC team is heading to the tourney today as they face the women of Wake Forest, the Demon Deacons. They are currently 13 and 9. Carolina and Wake Forest is 11 and 11. So pretty even matchup there. This will be the third time that the teams have played each other this season. Each team won on their home court. Wake at home back in December on the 10th and UNC back in December on the 20th. Teams met Exactly a year ago on this same court with Wake ousting UNC in the first game of last year's tournament on March 4th, 2020. So here's what it all boils down to, right? Here's what I think is going to have to happen. You know, we're going to need another strong perimeter shooting performance from Petra and honestly, Alyssa Utsby, right? She has been a great freshman addition for us. I think Deja Kelly, who has been ACC Freshman of the Week multiple times this season, I think she can facilitate well and give good looks to women like Janelle Bailey and Stephanie Watts, who will bring their senior leadership to this team that, like they said, they're they're in pursuit. They want to be that team that is finally in the national conversation with teams like Louisville and NC State. They're going to have to bring their A-game performance, right? They've done it. They've beat teams like NC State, who have beat teams like South Carolina, who have beat teams like UConn, right? They, they're all up in there on any given night. It's anybody's game, but they're going to have to show and commit to beating them here in this tournament and then hopefully in the NCAA tournament when they when they move on, right? We're speaking it into existence. I think Carolina's coming off a great win versus Virginia Tech, but we'll need to certainly rein it back in and focus, which both men and women have struggled to do this year. We talked a lot about on the show how the consistency has just not been there. The teams have not gone on four to five game winning streaks. It just hasn't happened, right? And unfortunately, you know, good for bad, tournaments are just not built like that. You don't get a whole lot of second chance opportunities. There isn't a third place round. Like this isn't the Maui Invitational. This isn't an opportunity where Carolina can say, well, you know what? Maybe we will get them next time. Carolina, both men and women are going to have to figure out how to win night in and night out. It's, it's a struggle for them, right? I, I don't even, at this point, I think both teams have to go in again, like I said, as underdogs with a chip on their shoulder. People are going to assume that you cannot win more than once, right? They probably can't even assume you're going to win the first game because you're going to be caught sleeping, right? And when you get caught sleeping, unfortunately, you haven't shown too many times that you can come back, right? Clarcy has some good road, come from behind road wins, but, and that's from the women's side. The men have struggled on the road and certainly they've defended home, but what are you going to do when you travel now? <laughs> when you go to these ACC tournaments and these NCAA tournaments, should you make it, right? You have to figure it out, right? Where There's no more excuses. And hopefully we have energy from Deja. We have energy from our other freshmen on the men's side, Walker Kessler, like those 
having fans back for Walker was a great asset, right? So hopefully we see those things as we continue to root for our squads going into tournament time. So make sure you come back tomorrow. We'll do a locked on crossover episode with Duke as we prepare for the Saturday game. It should be extremely fun. I'm interested to see how teams respond, how each team responds to some tough losses, some tough conference losses. Again, Duke lost to Georgia Tech in a close one in overtime. Carolina lost to Syracuse after being caught slipping. They tried to come back at the end. Unfortunately, it didn't work out for them. So, hey, got a lot to prove with this one. It's going to be a close game. It shouldn't be a close game. We saw the first time out Carolina. Certainly, it was their game to lose, and they did everything they could to try and lose it, right? But if Carolina's going to have any sort of, you know, leg to stand up on, they're going to have to beat Duke handedly, in my opinion, right? If you want to get off the bubble, the fringe, whatever, what have you, whatever you want to call it, they're going to have to beat Duke handedly. So hopefully we'll see that. Keep our fingers <laughs> crossed, our all toes, all of that, you know? cool so make sure you guys come back tomorrow i look forward to having the conversation i look forward to covering the duke game live tweeting at locked on heels at canis d cooper make sure you follow download subscribe to the podcast come back every single day thank you again to danny green for coming on and having the conversation with me and i look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow have a great great thursday make sure you wash your hands you stay safe out here please make sure that you take care of yourself take care of your mentals all of that good stuff you know how we end it as always go heels you are locked on tar heels your daily podcast on the unc tar heels part of the locked on podcast network your team every day